Well, I did have an episode of Somewhat Bland Substance ready to go for last week. It was supposed to be posted and never got around to it because things happened in the blink of an eye in my life. So here we go. Episode number 17, take number two of Somewhat Bland Substance. How's it going? My name is Scott Mitchell. Thank you so much for listening in once again here this week. I will share with you a little bit of news as to what has gone on in my life coming up in just a little bit. So hang on tight for that. Also, we're going to have another edition of the music meeting with my buddy Tim Gavin of the Tim Gavin Show, where we are going to look at some new music that's come out, including Calvin Harris and The Weeknd, uh, Brothers Osborne, Marilyn Manson is even on the list, all that and more coming up in just a few minutes so just stay tuned for that last night at the emmys a big night for a canadian tv show we'll tell you a little bit more about what went on in case you missed it all that more is coming up on somewhat bland substance first couple weeks of school are in the books and for the most part things seem to be going all right i know there's been some schools that have reported cases within their schools. Um, Unfortunately, in some situations, I was told or I heard a story uh, about one school in particular, the first person to have a case, kind of, they had gone and gotten their test. And while they were waiting for their results, they still came back to school. Which is what you're like not supposed to be doing. If you're waiting for your test results, you're supposed to be self-isolating. But I guess we live and learn, right? Um, I was talking to a couple of friends who are teachers. And they said that things, for the most part, are going quite well with their students. You know, with the masking and social distancing and stuff like that. It's not going necessarily as horrible as people thought. Uh, and then the other side is the e-learning that has been going on. People are saying that that is going all right, too, even though their kids might want to be in the classroom. They're doing a lot more of the e-learning or blended between online and in the classroom as well. So even though there has been some cases in schools even though there is likely transmission within schools, this seems to be going over, I think, a little bit better than what a lot of people did think. However, we kind of knew things like this were going to happen. It was only a matter of time, right, that we would be talking about the fact that there was maybe a case of uh, a transmission within schools as well as just cases in schools in general. We knew that this was going to happen, but this is kind of cool. This teacher down in Georgia at a private school, uh, his name is Gray Eaton. He's come up with a novel way to ensure social distancing in his classroom. He teaches shop there. So he constructed a safety social station. Now, this is a wooden platform that's putting a desk about two to three feet in the air. So that's giving you a little bit more room vertically as well in terms of the six feet apart thing. So it adds about an extra six to eight inches of space between the students seated on the platform and the nearest ground level desk. So this is actually helping and maybe adding a couple of extra desks in the classroom, I guess you could say, because of what's going on with, um, you know, the vertical distance compared to just, you know, horizontal on the ground distance, right? So that's kind of cool. I hope he uh, does get this patented and we start to see more of this because this is actually 
quite the uh, little invention that he has, I guess you could say. And who would have thought that we would be at this stage? In 2020, you know, there was uh, there's an old saying that common sense should be a little bit more common, right? Well, it seems like that's really become a big thing, especially this year because of everything that's been going on with the COVID-19 pandemic. The Washington Post has actually had to come out, you know, just because we're getting into that cold and flu season now with a list of the best ways to sneeze during the pandemic. (laughs) Uh, Especially, they say, because people's mouth and nose droplets are capable of infecting others. And all of these things are pretty common sense. Think about it. Sneeze into your mask and carry it back up as the first one. It says the cloth homemade masks don't prevent every single little particle from spreading out in the air. They interrupt the trajectory of a lot of those different particles. And they also recommend carrying a backup one in case you get the one you're wearing wet. You sneeze into a tissue, which is kind of what a lot of people do on a daily basis anyway. So as long as you cover your nose and mouth with it, be sure to dispose afterwards because... Yeah, um, throwing out the Kleenex is usually a good thing. It sneezes into your elbow. <laughs> and even though you might have it stuck in your elbow with those um, droplets. Oh, I, I don't know why that word makes me cringe. Droplets. <laughs> um, and then go outside and sneeze is the last one. And they say that it's perhaps the safest option because being outside alone is safer than being inside when you sneeze because air circulation is better and will help those droplets disperse. 2020 guys 2020 this is where we are in order to have a little bit more advice we are figuring out the best ways to sneeze as we get into cold and flu season i will say though i was uh, in edmonton on saturday and there's not a lot of people monkeying around you know there's the bylaw there about wearing masks in public places um including places like West Edmonton Mall. And I did see a lot of people wearing the masks. And, you know, there you don't need to necessarily provide a reason if you have a medical exemption for wearing a mask. You don't need necessarily proof of it. So I thought I would see a lot more people there um, just not abiding by the mask bylaw and just using, oh, I have a medical exemption as a way out so that they wouldn't have to wear one. But no. Almost every single person I saw was wearing a mask. Except, you know, if they were eating or drinking. And that's the other thing that's a little bit weird. Uh, In Edmonton, when you go into a restaurant, like on your way into the restaurant, you have to be wearing a mask. As you go to the bathroom, you have to be wearing a mask. If you're getting up to pay, mask. (laughs) You're sitting down at the table, no mask necessary. The second that you're, you've ordered really a, a drink, you could pretty much take it off. Super weird, super weird. Uh, okay, so I did say that I was going to share with you a little bit about uh, what was going on in my life. So part of the reason why I was in Edmonton is uh, it was on. I kind of took a little bit of a detour on the way back to meet up with a couple of friends. Um, of course, distanced and masked where I could. Um. So I, I ended up down in Camrose on 
Saturday looking for places to live because I have been recalled to my job. I'm super excited for this. I am getting reassigned to Cam Rose. Uh, my position is moving there. Um, I, I'm trying to still keep a little bit of a disconnect between podcast and work life. And so, but I, I'm sure you'll be able to figure out looking at my socials where I'm going if you haven't uh, seen it already. It's on everything for that matter. Uh, and I'm super excited. It's weird though to try to coordinate a move in 2020 to a different community. So, first of all, uh, the st- most stressful part of this is trying to find a place. Now, there is a lot more places that are available that are vacant because a lot of um, colleges, including Augustana down in Camrose, are doing more online this year. So there's not necessarily a whole bunch of people in suites and stuff. So there's a lot more open at the moment, which is great. Still trying to find something that fits my needs and my budget at the same time. Um, it, it just seems like everything is piling up right at the moment in time where my car is also in the shop. And it's been there for a week and still won't be done till the end of the week. So I've had a dealer loaner car for a week. I've already put over a thousand K on it. <laughs> I noticed that uh, as I was coming back from Camrose on Saturday, I'm like, holy crap, like this car had 49,000 K when I got it. And now I'm going to have it like over 50 by the time I get it back to Laclabish. So that's exactly what happened. And then this morning, I've already been down to Smoky Lake to get some stuff out of my car that I absolutely need and back. So this is going to be an interesting week trying to coordinate this part of it while also um, trying to find a different place to live and stuff like that because I'm going to be gone as of the end of the month from like LaBiche. So I need to kind of get this sorted out right now. That's for sure. So this will It'll be weird. <laughs> It'll be fun, though. We'll, we'll get it done, and I'm sure once everything's in order, I will be super less stressed. Okay, coming up, uh, we are going to get into the music meeting right away with my buddy Tim Gavin of The Tim Gavin Show. On the other side of it, we are going to talk about a few things. Uh, a Canadian TV series made history at the Emmys uh, last night. Of course, I'm recording this Monday, so that would be Sunday. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, also, there is a brand new shortage that we have, and it might have to do with your garden. That is coming up on Somewhat Blend Substance, episode 17. Hang on. So we've got a whole lot of new songs here and a lot of, a lot of different stuff, but you could say that again, again. I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of like looking for more, more stuff that you'd be familiar with too, Scotty. And you threw some of that in. That's for sure. Not going to complain about that. Uh, we're going to start things off on this one though, with uh, a new song uh, from boy Pablo rest up. Yeah. I have slowly started getting into them a little bit. Uh, I was first like introduced to them through a really cheesy music video. So that kind of put me off of them. But then after just kind of stumbling across their music, I just started to, to really dig it. I loved how laid back those like, really clean sounding guitars it just yeah it 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 really uh just really got me in the feels in a really good way (laughs) i noticed that too it's uh it's just got that um that chill vibe to it 
Absolutely. And, and it's... Uh, yeah, it would be perfect Like if you're just having something kicked back in your house by yourself, relaxing with a beer in your hand, or even sitting outside while there's you know the last nice few days of 2020 that we're going to see. What do you think? Do you think it has a chance at being a hit, though? Uh, I would say, based on name recognition, probably not. It would have a chance as a like a sleeper hit, maybe, or um, an opportunity for boy Pablo to get a little bit more noticed mainstream-wise. But I... I would say right off the get-go, based on name recognition, probably not going to be a hit. That's what people are craving right now is that familiarity, so. That's fair. Yeah, but I think, you know, again, it does have that kind of sleeper hit potential, maybe especially on alternative stations. Like, this, I feel like, would be tailor-made for an alternative station, especially, like, this time of year as, you know, you get in those uh, some nice sunny fall days. You got some good music to go with that. I think it actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Tame Impala, like I was showing you last time. Yeah. Except really toning down the psychedelic stuff, but toning up the pop influence, you know? For sure. Also found a new one from Tate McRae, someone who we have heard a little bit from in the past. Yeah, uh, so so this is our little bit of CanCon. That's good. There's actually a couple of CanCon songs in here. I shouldn't say that. Uh, but this is a bit of a CanCon coming into the mix. Um, it, it's... This one's obviously, I have a feeling, going to at least get top 20. Um, and, and part of that is is because it's that nice short fill song length. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's like, that's some good enough CanCon right there. Get that. 224. 224. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's not really authentic enough in a way. Like, I feel like it's trying to copy too much of Billie Eilish and Alessia Cara. And Tate McRae is still fairly still new. new. Yeah. Like, within the last year, she had her first single, that being uh, Stupid. Mm-hmm. And now it's, like, she's still trying to find her sound and find her way and what actually would mean success for her in the industry. Exactly. Like, she's still kind of wearing her influences on her sleeve. Decent enough song, but, you know, I think as good as this song is she still has room to grow absolutely we also uh have and one that's coming in it's a cover um totally not what you would think of when you hear this uh song name but you spin me around like a record originally done by dead or alive back in the 80s and now we've got it being done by three teeth Yes, they are continuing the time-honored tradition of industrial bands doing really edgy and cheesy 80s covers Oh, 100%. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly. And that is, it, it's what I love about it, but also it's what I dislike about it just as much, too, because really the big weakness with bands like this doing covers like this is that newcomers will go to that cover and they will only like that without really exploring the rest of Three Teeth's catalog. It, it could go the other way, um, where people are listening to a song like this, a cover that pops up, uh, and then they might not necessarily realize that that's a cover, and they'll take it for what it's worth. Exactly, and that can be also another drawback, because then you get that people who don't recognize the greatness that is the original. <laughs> Listen to Dead or Alive, damn it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If they have, and they have more than you spin me around. They have yes. some good songs. Yes, but the, the, by definition, they were kind of a one-hit wonder. <laughs> Absolutely, though. And it's like, obviously, this won't be a major radio hit, but 
I enjoy it, and I could see some people just kind of like accidentally stumbling across it and really digging it and adding it to their playlists that way. For sure. Yeah. And back to something that is actually somewhat of a hit already, if you look at the Billboard charts, Calvin Harris and The Weeknd with Over Now. Yeah, it went straight into rotation on a lot of radio stations. I know uh, I was talking to a couple of friends of mine uh, who are working Top 40, and they were playing at day number one. Yeah, and I can see why. Like this, this song, I have... There's really only one thing that you can say about Over Now, and that is, it is a certified bone jam. <laughs> yes, Tim, yes. <laughs> oh, that's not a, something I expected to hear about Calvin Harris and The Weeknd at any point, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so obviously that one's going to be a hit. Uh, Madison Beer is back with one called Baby. Yes, and... No. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's it, it. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's, but just, it's not great. It's not great. It's and just kind of there. Yeah, it's just there. I, I liked I liked Home with You a little bit better. Like Madison Beers needs to keep trying. Yeah, There's talent there. But again, this song it just it, it it doesn't do it for me. I remember when we had added for. A New Music Friday, um, her second single that came out. I got questioned on it by the boss man. And I was like, look, we didn't even expect the first single to do what it did. But here we are. (laughs) Exactly. So we'll have to see what happens with that one. It'll become like a TikTok hit or something like that and make it big that way. Something like that. But I I can't picture it being like in in the public eye for a while. No, no, exactly. Kind of deviating away from things, uh, going into country territory a little bit with a new one from Brothers Osborne called. Skeleton. And I don't mind listening to Brothers Osborne. Yeah, they'll be one of the first ones I listen to. Absolutely, I feel the exact same way. Like uh, when "Stay a Little Longer" came out, I dug that song a lot, and I really like this song. It's, oh, I think the thing I like about it most is that it's not bro country. It's a little edgier. Like it's it's a little heavier than your average country song. It, it's more towards that country rock type thing that we saw, you know, like with the Eagles, even for that matter. Exactly. Like, it's kind of like it's an edgier Hootie and the Blowfish almost like if, if Hootie and the Blowfish tried to be <laughs> badass, it would it would sound like that. I, that's the best analogy that we can come up with that one. Uh, we've got uh, Blackpink and Selena Gomez teaming up as well for ice cream. This song grew on me, actually. I didn't like it at first, but it, it took a couple listens. Now, you know what? It's not too bad. I'm still very meh about it, but it's probably it, it's probably going to work its way up the charts, I'm thinking. I think so. Like K-pop is really like making that explosion over the past couple of years, and this is just another one of those songs that is just like... And another one of those groups that I think is definitely yeah. good because, you know, you have BTS, but you don't really have too many of the K-pop girl groups making it too big over in North America True. yet. And I think Blackpink is going to be like that first wave. Ah, yes. I can see that totally happening. Yeah. And, you know, Selena Gomez, she's she's always like consistently pretty good to listen to. Not someone I go out of my way to hear, but, you know, I like yeah. her voice. But you don't turn off the radio if it comes on. Exactly, exactly. And this is another one that I wanted to to talk about. Uh, Tim Boness, uh, singer for No Man, back with a solo album called Late Night Laments. And I'm a huge fan of this album. I decided to share one of the songs called I'm Better Now with Scott. I just wanted to get your 
first impressions of it and see if you liked it just as much as I did. Uh, again, it's kind of got, like we said earlier, uh, the, it's sort of kind of like chilled, acoustic-y, laid-back vibe to it, which uh, is totally good as you're getting into these uh, cooler months and whatnot the, to have in your playlist. So I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think one of the better songs off of that album, but really it's best to just listen to the whole thing because it is just so perfect for this time of year, I think, and a great way to introduce yourself to that guy's music. For sure. Uh, Katy Perry back with one called Cry About It Later, which when I first read the title of it, when I was scrolling through the playlist you sent me, I'm like, oh my gosh, here comes another Katy Perry ballad on this album called Smile, where she's not smiling, and it actually kind of surprised me. Yeah, I I kind of liked it. I mean, it wasn't great, but, you know. It's better than some of the other stuff we've heard coming off that album. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I I want to like Katy Perry. I really do. But, I don't know, her, just, her new stuff just isn't doing it for me. So is she past her prime, do you think? I mean, the charts kind of speak for themselves. But I always think that Katy Perry is going to be around to some degree. Maybe not being like a huge major hit maker like she was back in the Teenage Dream era. But she, for the most part, I'd say has stood the test of time enough that she is always going to have a music career. So she's always just going to be kicking around like Madonna. Exactly. She has built up her family. <laughs> she's just going to like stick with that. And really, what else could you want? As she's gonna be, she's gonna be like turning fifty and having like these jam out hits where she's gonna like get half naked at the Super Bowl or something like that. I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and another new one. I I just actually discovered this band, but they've been around kind of since the, the mid nineties, kind of off and on. Okay. Yeah, Faithless with Synthesizer. When I was first listening to it, I can't place what it is but the beat there's something about the beat that has familiarity to me yes yes exactly (laughs) it's it's familiar but it is still a total bop yeah and yeah the the lyrics are cheesy but again that adds to the appeal of it you know it, it it's dance music it doesn't have to be deep it's it's this is a fun song in every sense of the word and i love it for what it is maybe there's just that familiarity to it because like its literal name is synthesizer and everything from the 80s basically had synthesizer in it exactly and continuing down the path of electronic music going a little more into weird territory we have pc music label founder ag cook releasing a lot of solo stuff this year but oh yeah is a song that really stuck out to me because on the surface it's very simple but the more I listen to it, the more I I enjoy it. Again, I enjoy it for what it is. It's just like kind of a, a slow jam pop song that's just been kind of like over edited to the point where it's become a pop art piece. Originally, when I saw that again, just scrolling through the list, I was like, is this a cover of Yellow? Really? Really? Are we doing this? <laughs> nope. <laughs> that would have been cool, though. And I feel like it would be something that A.G. Cook would do. Uh, something that is very uh, up this girl's alley, uh, the, the style of song I'm talking about. Ruth B., uh, here's your uh, another piece of CanCon for you, Dirty Nikes. 
She's singing about shoes. Yeah, but I, I like this song. I actually think this is one of her best songs yet. It's it's cozy. You know? Yes. Like, um, let's be honest, Lost Boy, despite it being a hit, I did not care for. I found it very whiny and just kind of super ballady and wasn't I, I think it came out like right at the start of summer too so it wasn't really what people were looking for at that time of year but yet somehow was that year uh, it defied all odds and then uh, she came out with superficial love which was a little bit more um, mid-tempo than anything and uh, now dirty Nikes I'd say it's probably one of her better ones yeah yeah I, I think so too I, I just wish that she would make a little more upbeat music and and again, Ruth B is someone that I do know from many years ago. I've heard her sing more upbeat stuff. So I know she has the chops to do it. Just needs to, you know, actually get around to recording something a little more upbeat. Because I think I think that would like really like bring her over the top. I like the ballads, but I just want to hear something a little different, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I completely agree with you on that one, honestly. Um but yeah, you would have seen her. You, uh, she's from Edmonton. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Alberta represent. Yeah, uh, Muzz, start again. Yeah, I basically the whole reason I like this is just because it sounds like Pendulum. <laughs> I see. Here's the thing: I haven't like listened to a whole lot of Pendulum, but when you're friends with Tim Gavin, you uh, get unsolicited Pendulum. Yeah. sent to your inbox and uh when i heard started hearing this song as part uh, of the playlist i was like yep this uh that sounds about right that's that's very close to pendulum that's right up tim's alley absolutely and i would i would say that even though it does sound very similar muzz does kind of manage to do his own thing with it kind of takes it in a slightly different direction but he accomplishes basically the same thing and you know, I've been waiting over a decade for a new Pendulum album. We are so close to a new single release. In fact, we'll probably have some Pendulum to listen to for the next music meeting. But oh, this is just this, this is the kind of music I'm looking for in my life. That's that's all. I know it won't be a hit, <laughs> but I I can picture it. I can picture a lot of DJs playing this song when people start going back to clubs. I think it just kind of fits there. Interesting, uh, interesting choice for a club song. Yeah. Kind of going international again with uh, Japanese rock band Radwimps with Blame Summer. I first heard them when they were doing the soundtrack for one of my favorite movies of all time, Your Name. I just love how varied their music is. And that's really all I can say. They go from doing these really like low-key instrumental pieces to full-blown rock songs. And this is a little more laid back for them, but I love the production on it. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i be honest, I didn't listen to the full 5 minutes and 43 seconds, but I got enough to catch what I needed to know, and uh, yeah, yeah it, there's great production on it, I found. Yeah, but again, going back to that, uh, to that song length, this is one of those times where I think maybe a radio edit would be kind of good, like shave it down to like four, maybe three and a half minutes, and have that for a radio single then keep that yeah. just that full version as an album cut but you know i think it's pretty good otherwise 
Some more CanCon here. Uh, JP Sachs doing a little bit of solo stuff instead of teaming up with Julia Michaels. Uh, this one's called A Little Bit Yours, and it's still a little bit ballady. A little bit, but that being said, I think it's probably better that he has another ballad besides If the World Was Ending, because that song is forever going to be associated with COVID-19 and the year 2020 in general. And once all this is over, eventually... People aren't going to want to listen to it anymore because it's just going to bring back so many bad memories. And honestly, even now, like I hear it come on and I'm like, mm. like I'm getting tired of this song, guys. Yeah, I, I like I like both their voices, but it's it, it's too slow even for me. Going back to the uh, new one, though, a little bit yours. I'm uh, I'm thinking it won't have the same potential to be a hit down in the States. I think he's had his one. Yeah. Uh, but in Canada, for sure, I would give it probably top 20. Oh, d- hands down. It's definitely going to be a CanCon hit for sure. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Down in the States, probably not so much. No, yeah. no, not really. But one thing that I think could be a hit down there, uh, Phineas. Billy yes. Alex's older brother making some of his own music and not sounding right. like Billie Eilish. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I'd say it sounds more like Coldplay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like um, he's kind of doing his own thing, yeah. which is good that they're uh, the brother sister team. There is still, you know, they're letting themselves have their own creative freedom and how they want each thing to sound and whatnot. So uh, super cool that he has released something of his own. Yeah, and there's a full album too, which I think I'll probably have to get around to hearing at some point because you know this song. It's I, I again, it feels you know again really laid back, but I still dig it. And that's this, that's the thing. It's the time of year where you're going to get a lot more of those laid back songs coming out because when it gets to be like April, May, everybody wants those pump up songs that get them excited for summer. And now it's like, OK, we're going to go cozy up in our hoodies and by the fire and sit in the nice warmth of our furnace and stuff. We we can deal with listening to stuff like this. Exactly. SZA is back with a new one called Hit Different, and it kind of hits different. It really does, <laughs> but uh, it's so good, though. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I think it does. Um, I, I even like it better than uh, The Other Side. I'm kind of with you there. You did with Justin Timberlake. I know that was like the big song and whatnot, but I feel like this one is... Uh, it is better and much more suited for SZA. I think so, too. And the Ty Dolla Sign feature, really good. Yes. Yeah, I thought he sounded totally. pretty great on this song. And now we're going to kind of go something a little bit more vintage with Wolfpack, LAX, kind of big in their own right right now, made big purely off the internet. But they have so many songs that I think would be right at home on some radio stations. Yeah, and this one uh, I don't think is any different. I think it's still got that uh, nice... Um nice vibe to it that would fit well in mainstream so uh definitely something that uh people might be interested in putting into their playlist don't think it's gonna be a hit again based on name recognition though that's fair but i don't i don't know though i feel like again even without the radio airplay Wolfpack, they have built an up enough of their of a name for themselves that i think a lot of people would recognize them and another something that's definitely recognizable this name yeah New Order. New Order. (laughs) Back with another single. And 
New Order is another band that I am really fond of just because they're kind of a, a rarity for legacy acts. Like, yeah, they have like those big 80s hits, but their newer stuff is still pretty well loved. You don't really see too many of that with 80s bands. Like, the, yeah, they'll keep putting out new music, but the fans won't really click onto it. And the thing with like uh, Be a Rebel is um, it, it's still trying to stay true to New Order's roots, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like you, you see a lot of people with the a lot of artists with the music that they're doing these days. Um, Dua Lipa, we'll be talking about one from David Guetta and Sia here in just a couple minutes as well. Um, Lady Gaga, y- you name it, they're going back to more of those 80s, 90s vibes with their music. New Order is updating it as well to stay current. Yeah, absolutely. Like they, they very much, I feel like, keep up with the times. But also kind of have a timeless sound, too. Like, listen to, like, especially... I even say, like, their 90s stuff really, like, hits that truly timeless part where it just, like, gets everything right. And it sounds yeah. so fresh, even today. And Be A Rebel is just, like, another another real win for New Order. And I think it might be a real surprise for people who haven't heard them in a while. Listen to this song. I guarantee you're going to love it. This is uh, definitely a Tim ad on the list. Killer Be Killed, Deconstructing Self-Destruction. Yeah, this is probably one of the greatest supergroups to come out of the last decade. And it's one that you really don't expect to be so long-lasting because there are three lead singers in this band. All, all three of the main members, all front men for different bands. You have Max Cavalera from Sepultura and Soulfly, Troy Sanders from Mastodon, Greg Puchato from The Black Queen and The Dillinger Escape Line. All sound completely different, and yet their voices weave in and out together perfectly in this band. Their 2014 debut album, one of the best heavy metal albums of that decade, I love this new song, and I can't wait to see what their next album is going to be like. I'll let Tim have the final word on that one, because it is out of my wheelhouse, for sure. (laughs) Uh, I mentioned this one, though. David Guetta and Sia, Let's Love. It totally goes back to those 80s vibes. Um, David Guetta, over the last few years, let's be honest, I don't think he's really had a super big hit since the last time he worked with Sia. I think so, too. And that's not to say that he hasn't been busy. Like, he still dropped a few singles over the years. But he, I think, has been purposely going a little bit more underground, not really focusing too much on building up, like, mainstream radio hits as much as going back to his roots, making those dance floor singles again, which he did. He's been doing a lot of those collaborating with another producer called Morton. Um, Another song that I kind of looked up while kind of researching this episode is a really hard techno song called Detroit 3 AM. That one is a total jam. This one is a little different and I feel like it could potentially be a hit just because that winning combination, David Guetta and Sia, you have that combination, you know, they've done really good songs together before. And this is just like another addition to that. Oh, for sure. It's, uh, it's just going to be added to the repertoire and it's going to give us something to listen to other than Titanium. Absolutely. And I love how different it is. Like, I've never heard David Guetta make music like this yeah, before. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's something different. So uh, I'll, I'm definitely interested to see where that goes on the charts. Yeah. And speaking of artists that haven't really had too much of a hit in a while, Marilyn Manson, Don't Chase the Dead. Yeah. 
Yeah, when I saw that on the list, I was like, wait, Marilyn Manson is is back all of a sudden? Well, he never really left. It's just, no. Again, his his music hasn't been really that great in a while. And again, I'm I'm a fan. I hate to be that guy. I prefer the early work. I've given every one of his new albums a chance, but they don't quite do it for me. But this, this is an exception. I hear a lot of Bowie uh-huh. on this, too. Yeah, that's true. I did hear Bowie on that one. Yeah. Now that you say that, of course. Um, yeah, uh, then there's Marshmallow and Demi Lovato, or as uh, Tim referred to Marshmallow as Diet, Diet Dead Mouse. Mouse. <laughs> uh, in case you uh, haven't realized, Tim's not the biggest fan of Marshmallow, but they're back with okay not to be okay. And I actually didn't mind this one. At least Marshmallow is kind of changing up his formula a little bit. Like, I find all his other songs kind of sounded the same. This one kind of stood out to me. This one is very much along the same lines as the one he did with Halsey, though, with Be Kind. A little bit. Also, if you didn't know who was singing on this track, would you say it sounded like Selena Gomez? Yes. Yeah. Like, even though I saw that Demi Lovato was the singer on it, I still didn't believe it after hearing it. It sounded like Selena. I'm with you there. Like, as I was listening to it, I was like, this, this this sounds familiar. I like this sounds like somebody we just talked about earlier on. Uh, we also have Gorillas back with Robert Smith from The Cure. <laughs> Such a weird combination. I know. Like, what is twenty twenty doing to us? <laughs> Bringing us Song Machine, among other things. But this is like this is one of many many bizarre collaborations for Gorillas this year. They they've got this album coming out called Song Machine. Every album has a feature on it, and there are some weird ones. Like um, he did, they did a song with Beck, uh, Peter Hook, one of the former members of New Order, was on a track. Saint Vincent, also coming up, they've got a song with Elton John. So weird, yeah. And this is a really weird song. I again, I don't think it'll be a radio hit. But no. I think it's probably one of the more interesting Gorillaz tracks. I'm happy to hear Robert Smith. I, I love Robert Smith and his voice. I think it blends in well with the with Gorillaz. I, I agree. I agree. And it's not just because it's Friday. I'm in love. Yeah. And one last <laughs> CanCon one. And one that I know Scott might have a little more insight on. Neon Dreams with Don't Go Hating Me Now. Yeah. So, um... It's very Neon Dreams-like. Very. It's it's super up their alley. Uh, still a little bit different than the rest of the stuff they've uh, put out before. Uh, has a potential, I think, to be a hit in Canada. Yeah. I, uh, and, I, and Neon Dreams is one of those groups. Like, it's all... How do I want to put this? They're, not all their songs that are released as singles have staying power like there's some that are released as singles they get played by radio for two three weeks and then they get thrown kicked to the curb but then there's like a couple of neon dream songs that are basically going to be on canadian radio rotation until the end of time there we go that's the best way of putting it but what do you think is that is don't go hitting me now gonna fall into the latter category or do you think it's gonna disappear after a few weeks I think 
I think this is going to be one of those ones that's going to kick around for a little bit and longer than just the two, three weeks, but then it'll go away and it'll just, it'll come a time where after about six, seven weeks or maybe two months where radio is just going to be pulling the plug on it. Yeah. But in the meantime, I do really like the song. For sure. It does kind of remind me of Bastille a little bit. Do you notice that? Yes. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did notice a little bit. Just um. Jinmenkin by Tobacco. What the hell, Tim? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot that I snuck that in. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> also, my thoughts when I heard it. <laughs> I have paused it at a minute and one second, and that's all I could listen to. That's fair. I I liked Babysitter a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Somehow. Okay, so we got through the songs... What do you think the big hits are going to be? Uh, I'd say I'm going to split it up uh, a little bit. I'm going to say, well, obviously, over now, Calvin Harris in the weekend. Uh, I'm going to also say Let's Love by David Guetta and Sia. Okay Not to Be Okay by Marshmello and Demi Lovato. And your CanCon, uh, I would give it to Ruth B, actually. Yeah, you know okay. what? I I'd have I definitely have to give it to Ruth B on that one. Definitely my favorite of the Canadian tracks. But I think for the biggest hit out of the bunch, probably going to be over now. Though I do have high hopes for Let's Love. And I have I I will say as well, um, not necessarily going to be on like the mainstream top forty charts or anything like that. But uh, that Brothers Osborne song Skeletons is going to do uh, some wonders on the countryside. Absolutely agree. There we go. That is the music meeting with my buddy Tim Gavin of The Tim Gavin Show. Make sure you check out his podcast as well, wherever you find your favorite podcast, as well as over here on Anchor is where he's located as his hosting site. So make sure you check that out as well. Uh, he does a lot of cool stuff, especially with music. So thank you to him once again. Uh, lots still to get to on this episode of Somewhat Bland Substance, episode 17. Of course, we're going to wrap things up in just a few minutes with this week in Florida. It's actually been like this three weeks in Florida. <laughs> oh, there's been so much going on since I did the last podcast. That's for sure. Did you see the first episode of Dancing with the Stars with Carol Baskin? Killed her husband, whacked him. I honestly can't say her name without doing that now. Thanks, TikTok. Uh, we're going to talk about TikTok in a few minutes, too. Uh, anyway, it was super weird because uh, the, the family of her late husband uh, actually put an ad right after her performance on Dancing with the Stars. She did Eye of the Tiger because she had to. It was it only really made sense. Didn't really do all that well on the dancing side from what I heard. I didn't see it. I did see the ad though that was placed and it talked it was his daughters talking about how they missed their dad and they're uh, wanting to get some answers and some closure. And then like the lawyer comes on and is like, if you know anything about the disappearance of this man or if Carol Baskin had anything to do with it, call this number now and there's a reward available as well. And you're just sitting there, you're like, no, no, they didn't. Yes, they did. It's actually kind of good. 
<laughs> it was great for entertainment value, at least. We'll see if Carol Baskin actually uh, slithers her way out of that bottom spot and doesn't get eliminated first on Dancing with the Stars. And we'll see if the family does anything else like that going forward. Could be interesting, for sure. Uh, some other TV news, Canadian TV comedy that did really super well at the Emmys last night, Shit's Creek, of course, that's starring Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Um, they now their trophies for Best Actor and Actress, as well as uh, Annie Murphy and Dan Levy for Supporting Actress and Supporting Actress. So they got all four comedy acting categories. Um, they won nine awards. It's the most ever for a comedy in a single year. Dan Levy also won the Emmy for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series. HBO Succession also scored big. They got Outstanding Drama, Outstanding Writing and Directing for a Drama, and Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series for Jeremy Strong. Nonetheless, though, uh, Shit's Creek, it is a super funny show. I was a little bit late to the punch on this one, but because it got onto Netflix and started streaming on there, uh, you kind of watch it and, you know, say what you will about CBC, because there's a lot of people who are against the CBC. They have some fantastic original programming. You think about it, Shit's Creek, Kim Conven- Kim's Convenience is another one. Absolutely hilarious shows. And it's um, it's super cool that this happened for the first time in history. And it happened to a Canadian TV series. So I think that there's some kudos going out there to the creators of Schitt's Creek, you know, and of course the um, actors and actresses on the series as well. Great job, writers, producers, everyone, for giving us something to be proud of here in Canada in 2020. The looming U.S. ban on TikTok. This has been talked about for, uh, I'd say, what, a couple months now? They've been talking about possibly banning TikTok, and it was supposed to happen yesterday. Yesterday being Sunday. It's been delayed a week as a deal with Oracle and Walmart is worked out. TikTok Global is going to pay more than $5 billion in new tax dollars to the U.S. Treasury, according to a joint statement from the two companies. However, the deal still needs to be approved by the parent company of TikTok, uh, that being Chinese company ByteDance. Uh, So now the ban is actually set to go into effect this Sunday. But if the deal is completed, that could change. And President Donald Trump wants to use the money for a new education fund, which... Seems kind of a little bit interesting that they're going to use funding from tax dollars from a app for education fund, but you do you. Um, and it's apparently said they can educate people as to the real history of the country, not the fake history, the real history. So whatever that means. <laughs> you take that how you will. I'm going to take it how I will, and we'll see how that goes, and we'll find out if uh, Canadians are going to completely take over TikTok, because it has not been talked about north of the border um, with banning it quite yet. But what's the latest shortage that we have? Well, if you've done any sort of gardening this year, maybe you've wanting to, you're wanting to do a little bit of canning, maybe some pickling as well. And that's exactly what the shortage is of. Supplies for fall canning. 
Certain size glass jars, special bands, and special lids have been harder and harder to find, even online. A spokesperson uh, for the company who produces the popular bell jars says demand for canning supplies has spiked, and it's because of COVID. More people are wanting to grow their own food. I think it was because people were picking up new hobbies as well during the pandemic because things were closed. They were looking for things to do. So they're like, you know what? Let's try gardening. And I actually noticed this. I had to go to uh, a few weeks ago, pick up some um, lids and stuff for some friends who were doing some canning and I had to go to two different stores before I actually found them one store was completely sold out and the other one like that I actually got said lids from lids and bands um, they were kind of running low on their supplies there as well. And then, um, these friends of mine, they, uh, I, they knew some people who were looking for canning jars and stuff like that. They actually bought a whole bunch as well, just last week, uh, from somebody used to go and turn them around and, you know, help people out by, um, giving them jars and stuff like that, which is super cool, super awesome of them to do that. But yeah, uh, who would have thought that canning jars would have been the latest shortage we had? You know, when you throw in toilet paper into the mix, um, trailers, RVs, stuff like that. Canning jars right there alongside them as a shortage. All right, time to get into this week in Florida. Actually, over the last couple of weeks, this guy uh, by the name of Amos, he broke into the home of a man known for shelling, selling expensive shoes online and apparently threatened to blow the man's head off if he didn't give him the shoes. So police showed up. He took off running, but his pants were not pulled up all the way. So it made it easy for a cop to tase and arrest him. <sighs> See, this is this is why you wear things like a belt. <laughs> I know you shouldn't like steal or rob anybody anyway wear a belt even for the people walking down the street with their jeans like halfway down their ass wear a belt in other pants related news and from florida i don't know why this is a theme after getting arrested for burglary this guy by the name of gabriel tried to ditch the cops with handcuffs on again tripped over his own pants and police found meth and pills on him. So they rearrested him and tacked on some resisting arrest and drug charges. Uh, the sheriff's office said he won't have to worry about his pants falling down again because their inmate uniforms fit. <laughs> you know what? I always like it when there's a little bit of shade thrown in. Just a little bit into, you know, what maybe a tweet or a Facebook post or whatever. And finally, um, this one isn't pants related. Um, but it could scare the pants off of you if you catch it out of the corner of your eye. Sheriff deputies in Florida summoned to a local apartment complex after someone called in to report there was a large gator in their storage shed. Yeah, they found the large reptile was actually an inflatable pool toy. So the deputy went to a call, came back, and he saw and conquered the beast, is what the sheriff wrote on Twitter. Even knocked the wind out of it. Literally, the gator turned out to be a pool floaty. You know what? I wouldn't necessarily uh, rule out in 2020 a gator hanging out in a shed. I probably would be a little bit scared, too. Just saying. It's not necessarily the first thing I want to see during the day. <laughs> I would probably have actually called and done the same thing.
just saying. All right, that's it. Episode number 17 of Someone Flying Substance podcast. Uh, I might be in next week with another one. Otherwise, it'll be a couple weeks uh, as I get set to move to Camrose. Thank you so much for listening in and tuning in each and every single week. You can always find us on Anchor and everywhere you get your favorite uh, podcasts as well. Find me on social media. Scott Mitchell is the Facebook page, and I am on pretty much everything else. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, at Scott Mitchell FM is where you can find me. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Stay healthy.